Creative Coaching Podcast, where we bring together coaches, athletes, former athletes, leaders, and influencers. Everyone has a story, and my hope is that when you listen to their stories, you will be inspired and live your life to tell your story one day. Today's guest is Dave Love. Coach Love is a well-known and highly respected NBA shooting coach. We talked to him today about not to say a lot, but be right when providing feedback for the players you're developing, how accountability is everything, how to have a shared culture and a shared vision for players, and also to train what you love to teach. I hope you enjoy this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Thank you very much. I'm excited uh, to to chat with you, Coach Love. I, you know, as a shooting coach, as a, uh, a guy who works with NBA players, young players, even some collegiate, I'm sure. Uh, I just think your pr- perspective on coaching is is will be of great value to our community and our network. Uh, so I'm going to start it off like I start every episode and. How were you introduced to the game of basketball? Uh, I grew up, I was born in 74, and so my I, I lived in Canada, still live in Canada. And I, the first basketball experience I remember having would be sort of in the mid-80s, uh, and my dad was a Larry Bird fan. And uh, and so I knew of, of Larry Bird, but this was back when you only got maybe one I think in Canada, we only got the NBC late morning game. I wow. think it was 11 o'clock start on Sunday afternoons yeah. and uh, Sunday mornings. And, and that was only after the Super Bowl. Wow. So yeah. maybe got a dozen NBA games a year. Yeah. And so you got the Lakers, you got the Celtics and, uh, and the Pistons. Pistons, yeah. And whichever teams were great at that time. So it uh, of the little exposure that we got, a lot of it was Larry Bird, and I could just relate to to him because I wasn't the most athletic uh, guy, and I just I loved the creativity, and and I related to the shooter aspect of it, and I think that sort of set the stage for uh, what my career would become um, uh, from there. You know, as a young kid, I watched Craig Hodges of the Chicago Bulls, right, and just the way he squared up spoke to me and I was maybe fifth, sixth grade trying to shoot like Craig Hodges. I just, you know, I love the shooting form. Michael Jordan, trust you. <laughs> Let's, you put that yeah, into perspective. And, and I think that, that speaks to our personalities that, uh, especially yours, that you, you didn't want to be the star. You yeah. want to be the guy that the star trusted. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's a lot about you as a person. And I think that might end up being a precursor to being a coach that I was just talking with somebody today yeah. about uh, selfishness and, and unselfishness. And I, um, he, he made a comment of something I had said was, he said, that's very unselfish. And I replied with, well, isn't that coaching? Like we do yeah. this for other people. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's important to, to keep in mind. So coach, uh, what was your experience in playing the game? <laughs> um, my experience, I loved the game. Uh, I was a shooter. I never played past high school. Uh, I might have been able to play low-level college and been 
uh, in Canada and been like the last guy off the bench that might have been like my uh, uh, apex. Uh, but I, after high school ended, I, I wasn't willing to invest the the time uh, into into more at the sacrifice of, of figuring out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, which is kind of ironic seeing as how I ended up being the rest of my life uh, being dedicated to basketball. But yeah. uh, uh, so it was uh, my playing career ended after high school where I was a very average spot up shooter uh, or a good shooter, but just a very average player. Um, and, uh, and then at about 23 or 25, somewhere in that range, I started getting more into coaching. Wonderful. Who influenced you to go into coaching in the first place? Well, my dad was a high school coach, so I think that okay. plays a, uh, a, a role, but the, um, uh, uh the bigger role model, uh, I always get hesitant because he's, he's a known person and he's a very influential person, but he's a very private person. And gotcha. he's a, a coach within the NBA, and uh, and I was lucky enough to be a ball boy for him um, when he was a player on a minor league team in my hometown. And, uh, and okay. so out of respect to him, I, I won't mention his name necessarily, but uh, we've spoken many times that he knows that, uh, like next to my dad, he's probably the most influential person, uh, in my life. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and he knows that and it's more important to me that he knows it than, than for me to, to give him credit. Yeah. Uh, and it means more to him that, that I, uh, I him private. So, um, so yeah, but there, there's always somebody out there yeah. that, that influences you. That's fantastic, Coach. And I and here again, kind of uh, being respectful of, of who he is and, and the fact that, you know, if you, you know, as long as he knows, I like the way you put that because a lot of people, uh, you know, we, I don't know, we're quick to give credit as coaches. So we kind of feel the, the need to, but then on the other side, yeah, we maybe we don't need credit as, you know, here again, he, be, he being the coach that's getting the credit. And, uh, yeah. you know, sometimes. Well, and, and credit. Credit really is given. It's not taken. I can't take credit yeah, yeah. for anything. Credit is is given, and I have to. Uh, if I believe I deserve credit, then I have to live with that. that exactly. I, I believe it. Yeah. And if somebody else believes that I deserve the credit for something that uh, I may have helped them with. Then they will give it, but yeah. we can't take it. And right. uh, I think that's kind of something that's becoming common uh, in this day and age is that people are trying to take credit for work that they don't even necessarily do in the first place. And, uh, yeah. uh, and the fact that they're taking, trying to take credit is, is, is tough. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I don't know. I think it has to do more with the, uh, the panage of somebody else's success and you being attached to that person. Right. As right. opposed Make to, them feel special. yeah, you're, instead of kind of getting credit on your own merit, uh, Riding on coattails, something probably we should never do as grown adults, uh, especially. I, I say that because I, I've worked with a lot of young players that, you know, people have come and gone and said, I, uh, I'm i the one who developed that kid. And I'm thinking to myself, well, he's not a finished product, so I hope you have, you hope you're in it for the long haul. Uh, right. You know, that's kind of my perspective on that. But so, coach, you know, when you walk into a gym or you're working with shooters or, you know, people, kids, NBA players, whoever, uh, what specific philosophy do you have when it comes to shooting? 
Um, that's a great question. It's um, I have I have a theory that everything is sort of based off of, and what I've learned over my career is that you start with the theory, and then that becomes your skeleton. Okay. But in time, um, it's your experience that fleshes out the skeleton. And so uh, I, I used to try very early on in my career and when I was working with 12-year-olds, uh, I would try to fit them into the box of my theory. Gotcha. And as time evolved, it's been I, I now to the point where I can assess the the shot of a player and make the corrections that they need. It's all sort of based around the theory, but uh, I'm no longer trying to fit someone else in a box. I'm gotcha. trying to uh, to expand their box. That's that's fantastic, Coach. Because I think I've heard uh, I've spent some time with some shooting coaches here in San Antonio. One particular who will remain nameless, like you've done, uh, who's considered one of the best as well, like yourself. And, uh, you know, he really, you know, the time I got to spend with him was just so valuable because I I was trying to figure out, okay, how do I work with these kids with different shots? And, you know, and he just said, you know what, if they're, if it's working for them, leave them alone. Uh, you know, just certain little things, certain little keys you want to, you want to kind of adjust. Uh, but other than that, you know, and and it was very valuable to me because here I thought I'm going to put them in a box and I'm going to tell them they have to X, Y, and Z. There's a formula. Uh, and you know, and like anything else, a theory, you know, or a philosophy, you know, to expand people's game uh, and their shooting uh, prowess or acumen is really important because uh, you know this game needs to see better shooters. Uh, just right. and it's and it's happening. I, I see it happening. I see it improving. Uh, but man, uh, I, I just love the shooting aspect of the game. The dunks are fine. Uh, all that's great. Uh, but the shooting is just something, it's a thing of beauty. So, Coach, what part of the process of teaching players involves gaining their trust and then building relationally? Uh, I, the whole uh, process involves that, but it's so important early on. And you were talking there about the, uh, the individual that, uh, uh, that you spoke to in San Antonio. I think we're talking about the same person. I would almost guarantee we're talking about the same person, you gotcha. and I. Gotcha. And, uh, and uh, so that's, that's interesting. And that's one of the big things that, that I learned from him and, and one of the catchphrases of his that, uh, that has really resonated with me is that you don't have to say a lot, but when you say something, you have to be right. Gotcha. And, uh, and so I really try and teach players early on that, uh, when I when I say something, it's because I've thought about it a lot, uh, and because I know what I'm doing, um, and and I'm going to tell you the truth. Now it may sometimes be a truth that you don't want to hear, yeah. uh, and it may sometimes be a truth that you really do want to hear, but you can trust that whatever comes out of my my mouth is the truth, and I'll deliver the uncomfortable truth with compassion. I'll. You're a human being, and I don't want to be mean to you, but I do need you to know kind of where we stand. And when you can demonstrate to players over and over and over again that what you say is true, uh, then that gains trust. And, and one of my one of my great moments, I had a player that 
for a year, he didn't really want anything to do with me. And he was kind of judging from a distance on whether I was uh, a part of his process moving forward. Um, and then he was given a choice and he said, all right, let's, let's give this a try. Um, and we evolved to the point where one day I went and I grabbed my iPad so that I could take video of him to show, show the player something I was talking about. And he said, you know, Dave, I don't need to see the iPad. I trust you. Wow. And, and so that was like, that's really what we're, we're striving towards is, um, we've got all these tools, but you're the most important tool of all is, uh, because what you say is accurate gotcha. and you have to, that you have to be careful with every single thing that comes out of your mouth because you never know what could break that trust. Gotcha. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's almost like working with, in a sense, like handling them with kick gloves, as they say. Yeah. Uh, and because uh, I, I, I've been in education for a while now, and in particular with little ones. Uh, and I've learned that when you say something, they believe you. The trust, mm-hmm. the childlike faith is there. They believe what you're saying. And if you say something that's negative, they believe you. If you say something positive, they believe you. So you right. got to really steward that influence uh, yeah. pro- properly because you know there's trust and that can't. And, and, go ahead. and those are some personalities, and then some of the other personalities are no matter what you say, they don't believe you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they think everything that you say is a lie, and so really, regardless of what their personality is, if what you say is right, it appeases both groups. That it keeps the people that believe everything that you say. Um, to be true, it keeps them happy, uh, and it earns the trust of the person that thinks everything you say is a lie, yeah. and uh, and convinces them otherwise. So you can never go wrong with that, and, and delivering it in a compassionate way. Understood. So, coach, on that note, how do you hold players that you work with accountable to teach them to hold themselves accountable to improve? This is such a great question um, because that's really in an essence what I'm I'm trying to coach myself out of a job yeah. I'm trying to teach them to a point where they don't need me anymore because uh, because I've taught them everything that I could do that I could teach to uh, to help I'm trying to teach them to help themselves and I love the fact that we're talking about accountability because to me that's what a great drill does is it forces accountability to a particular habit. And I hate drills that we have to make up an imaginary reason for doing that. This drill teaches mental toughness. No, it probably doesn't. Yeah. But that's the, yeah. uh, the reason that you're giving to justify the fact that you don't know what else to do. Yeah. Um, and so part of it is through drills, uh, and just creating a, set, a few simple drills where, and, and teaching players when you do this drill to do it well, this is what you have to do. And then not bending off of that, uh, uh, off of that point. Um, so the, uh, really accountability is, is everything. And there's a, a Canadian, um, college coach. He just, he's moved out of coaching. He'll get back into it at probably at a higher level here very soon. 
uh, named Dave Smart, who coached at Carleton, and he's won, I don't remember the exact number, but something like uh, 13 of the last 15 Canadian national championships. Wow. Uh, so he's the John Wooden yeah, of I'll Canadian say. basketball, but he wins national championship games by 50 points at times. <laughs> um, so this wow. gives an idea of like how far above the uh, the competition his program has been over a 15-year period. And I talked to him in an airport one time. I just said, like, Coach, what if you were to sum up what uh, why you've been so much more successful than everybody else, like, what do you point to? And he says, accountability in everything that we do. I hold my coaches accountable to everything they say and they do and that we hold uh, collectively, we hold the players accountable to everything they say and do, and then the players learn to hold each other accountable and the co- there's accountability to everyone. And I think that's such a, a great thing, yeah. uh, and that's really what we should all be all be striving for. Yeah, you know, that builds a culture, and that sets a precedence, and that shows, you know, players, hey, this is how we do things. Uh, jump on the bandwagon or get left behind one or the other. We got to move forward uh, with or without you. And that, and that's, that's just the nature of team sports, I think, and camaraderie right. and being a good teammate, all those things. So that's, that's really strong. Those are strong words right there. And I appreciate you kind of telling well, that. Well, and, and, and I love the, the culture aspect of it. That's something that I've, I've really tried to, uh, to pay a lot of attention to. So speaking of culture, do you feel you've built a certain culture, you know, within your training and in your methodology that players gravitate to? Yeah, I, 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 I strive to, uh, that's constantly a work in progress or progress. I guess that's the one word that I always get teased <laughs> about is the being, as soon as I say progress, every no. American jumps all over. No, me. no, no, uh, it's all right. But, uh, uh, that's something that I strive to uh, to get better at, and it, it needs to be in in my world because I um, I don't necessarily work with a team. I work with an individual within a team. The culture is really between he and I, right? And uh, and so the culture that I'm really trying to build is is based on trust and based on work. Uh, and trying to enjoy the moment and knowing our roles and all these little things. And they're just constant lessons that you're trying to reinforce and teach because um, nobody comes into the world uh, knowing how to create a culture, and yeah. nor do I. Uh, yeah. But it's something that needs constant attention and uh, constant nurturing to um, to continue to grow. Yeah, so it sounds like to me, Coach, within a, sit, a setting like yours, when you bring a player in, it's like both of you can build a culture together, and and then therefore that can be kind of the uh, word of mouth that passes through that people hear about that. Like you work with this guy, and you both have a hand in building culture because anything that you have set up and create for players, you're almost putting them in a box but if they have a hand in creating it, they're more apt to grow and thrive and, and learn in that kind of setting. So, I mean, that's what right. I'm, that's what it's exactly kind of what I'm gathering from you, coach. And 
that sounds like a real uh, shared vision, not just your yeah. vision for a player. And, and it's and it's not uh, like what you say. What you said is is realistic. It's absolutely true. But I try not to go into it uh, hoping that somebody will recommend me. Right. Uh, somebody, and I know that wasn't what you were uh, saying, but I think it's important for young coaches, uh, especially to to understand that you're not you're not leveraging somebody to get somebody else gotcha uh you're 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 helping them improve and if you do that other opportunities will find you um and uh and i feel like we're really in this uh uh culture um of trying like trying to find our own and yeah. trying to, to leverage people to get other opportunities and trying to turn this into that and trying to take yeah. credit for something before you've even uh, done the work that I want credit for working with this player uh, instead of doing all the work and then accepting credit if they get better. Uh, so gotcha. that's something that I really try and push on young coaches. Yeah, that's a great point of emphasis, which kind of leads me to another uh, question. So what advice would you give aspiring shooting or skill specific coaches within that, that type of uh, arena? I think the, the biggest thing is find what you love to do. I started off and I, I had a pretty good idea. I wanted to be a shooting coach. Um, and this was sort of in a time where other than my mentor, I didn't really know anybody else and that was doing it. And I, it's not. It wasn't nearly the thing that it's it's become now with skills trainers and anybody with an Instagram account can be a skills trainer now or a shooting <laughs> coach. Yeah. Um, it was there were there weren't these people. Yeah. Um, and so I did it because I loved doing it. Yeah. And then as I started to do more, I started to think, hey, maybe I can teach other skills too. And I started to try to do that, and I found I just. I don't like it as much. Yeah. So my motives were all for my own enjoyment. What could I do to help other people that I like doing? And when you can find that thing that you love to do um, and and that benefits other people, that's your sweet spot. Gotcha. And I get a lot of young coaches asking all the time, like, I co- I, how do I get to the NBA? And I ask, well, what do you want to do in the NBA? I don't care. I do anything. Uh, well, you're not going to work hard enough at any of it to get good enough to get to that level. Yeah. You got to find what you love to do, get really good at it. And if you're lucky, one day you'll end up at that level, but you don't control the destination. Right. Not especially in a, in a, in a business like that, right. like the NBA, cause it's a business. It's not a, it's not a benevolent society where it's like, Hey, you Oh, you have the desire. You have the will. Let's bring you on. Like, uh, there's a lot of guys like that. There's a yeah, lot. Yeah, and if, if I ask you your your best qualities, um, it, you can't say, "Oh, I'm a hard worker." Everybody's a hard worker. There's yeah. 10 million hardworking coaches out there. But yeah. what value do you offer? Now, you you have to be a hard worker, but then you have to offer value as well. So figure out that thing that you are great at. Um, and you'll probably become great at it because you're willing, you love it, and you're willing to do the work uh, for nothing. Yeah. Um, that uh, that will help you spend enough time to get good at it. 
great point, Coach. Uh, so moving along, you know, throughout your career, I'm sure there's plenty of times where you, you came home late, uh, you know, your times working with different NBA teams. Uh, you know, heard heard one of your stories about uh, being a mail carrier and still, right. you know, working for an NBA uh, team. Right. What, what in all of that, what have you sacrificed along the way in your career to be or to do what you do? Uh, that's a, it's a, it's a hard one. I mean, it's really easy. I can point to things quite easily, but they didn't always feel like sacrifices. Gotcha. So yeah. the, the story that you're referencing is uh, when I got my first uh, NBA opportunity, I was running my shooting camps uh, on the side and I had a full-time job, which was absolutely not my passion of, <laughs> of delivering the mail. I was a mailman, but that it, it gave me a fairly flexible schedule so that I could be done at noon every day and then hustle over to the university and work with players there. So this job allowed me time to... Um, to do the thing that I really enjoyed and the flexibility because I made my full-time income. Uh, and so now I can spend my other time doing the thing that I loved. Yeah. Um, and so I guess I, I sacrificed having a career that, that nobody has a passion for delivering the mail. And if you do, then, uh, then I, <laughs> I question your sanity a little bit and I, uh, I, I hope you're a, a letter carrier. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, so I, I sacrificed that. My my wife has sacrificed more than uh, than I have because when I'm gone, she's got to be a single parent for for several days at a time. I sacrificed my social life, yeah. where I'm now to the, I'm gone so often now that my friends don't even know when I'm in town and they just assume that I'm not. Yeah, uh, sacrifice at every stage. Um, and Jay Hernandez, who's an assistant coach with the uh, the Charlotte Hornets, he, he talks about this really well, where he says um, that. You know, I, I, four times in my life, I've made a major financial sacrifice to get to the next level. Yeah. That you get to the highest level of, of the particular lane you're in. And then you want to move lanes so that you have more potential, but you've got to start at the bottom of that. And so you have to actually take a pay cut. Yeah. Um, or, or work way more hours or some sort of a sacrifice. And that's, there's so many of those stories of guys who volunteer for, a year to get this opportunity. I, I volunteered for an NBA team for for a year, uh, wow. where they paid my expenses, but I didn't get paid uh, by uh, for my time. Yeah. Uh, so I worked a full time job, and then I would go down and work with players on weekends and, and call in on sick and take vacation days to go and and do this. And uh, those are the sacrifices you have to make it. Yeah, coach, you said you said something really important, uh, like your wife, you know, she had to make a sacrifice. And I think that's something, uh, you know, here again, aspiring coaches and, and skilled guys and all that have to understand, like you think, I want to do this, I want to do that. But there's so much sacrifice involved, not just from you. And even if you have a passion, you're willing to sacrifice. But who are you bringing along with you in this journey in life and, right. and understand that they'll have to sacrifice as well. And are you willing to put them through some of those times not being home? Like you said, her being a single parent. You know, I've, I've been through that with my wife and my four daughters. There's times where I have to be away, and it's, the, it's, it's a grueling situation for me at least. Yeah. And, and then I know it. when I come back, there's a big honey-do list. Or, but I'm, I'm happy to do it because I know she sacrifices a lot uh, because of who I am or what I do or whatever. You know what I mean? 
So right. great, great point of emphasis there, Coach. One, of my, uh, one of my favorite uh, stories to tell people that say, like, uh, you get the line, oh, you're living the dream. You're working the NBA, you're living the dream. And I, I, in my head, go back to my first year when I was working for the Cavaliers. Uh-huh. Uh, I was in Cleveland while my uh, family's in Calgary, Canada. Uh, and I had to do laundry that I had run out of clean socks and underwear. And so I spent <laughs> Father's Day in a laundromat. Wow. And so when somebody says you're living the dream, I kind of go back to that moment and think, oh, you think this is glamorous. Yeah. That, uh, and those were that's one of the sacrifices that I made. I've, I've missed birthdays. I've missed uh, first days of school. Uh, and you, I really, I make a concerted effort to be at as many of those things as I possibly can because you don't get second chances at no. those. But, uh, um, but yeah, that's one of the huge sacrifices you have to make. So, Coach, given here again through your experiences and your career and all that, what have you learned about yourself through all that? Oh, man. Uh, I'm horrible at uh, – um, uh, I'm horrible at anything for, to do with myself. But um, I, it's probably based on my own insecurities and everything. And what I've really kind of learned over the last – especially the last five years or so is that uh, I have a line that I use with players, and I think it kind of sums it up really well, and it usually gets a laugh from guys that I'm not cool, and I've accepted <laughs> that. Now. I'm not the cool guy, yeah, yeah. but I know I'm not cool, and that's what makes me cool. Yeah, and so that, that I'm comfortable now with who I am. I'm comfortable with the fact that I've got a really dry sense of humor, and I don't show it to people until... Uh, I really am comfortable with them, yeah. uh, um, and so I'm. I'm still learning who I am, and yeah. what who I am is just a caring guy um, who's a softy at heart. I've got a player that uh, that teased me once. I, um, he called. It, he said, "Dave, love, you're soft," uh, <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, you're right. I 100 percent am," and uh, and I owned it. And, yeah. uh, uh, he he meant it as sort of a dig, and I just said, "No, that I'm proud of that. I, that's that's a big part of who who I am." And then yeah. just being comfortable with who you are, and yeah. uh, and that's an ongoing process, I think, for a lot of us. And and yeah. I'm probably behind the curve on that. Oh, you know, coach, you you know, self awareness is yeah, it's a constant process. You're always right. you're because we're always hopefully we're always learning and growing as uh, as mentors, coaches, yeah. and all that. So yeah, it it is. It's not a destination. It really is a, is an ongoing process. And you hope that the the more experienced you get in age, that you're becoming even more reflective and self aware. So right. as so as to be, you know, uh, like you said, a uh, bigger softy and a bigger, uh, nicer person to people because right. that's that's what we need in this world. Honestly, kindness is the word that I've. I've sort of taken on in the last two years that treat people with kindness, act yeah. with kindness, and uh, I have a uh, I, when I have bad days, I've got a hoodie that I wear that uh, uh, it's a black hoodie and in big white letters across your chest that says uh, "Be good to people." Yeah, and I try and wear it in airports, and I try 
wear it on the days where I'm maybe not in the greatest mood because you can't be the jerk uh, when you're wearing a sweatshirt that says "Be Good to People" across <laughs> the front of it. It almost reverse engineers my polite side to uh, wow. to come out again. So yeah, you don't want to rep something that you're not. That's true. <laughs> right. <exactly. laughs> so that that wouldn't be cool. That would be uncool. Uh, that would be very uncool. <laughs> so, coach. I ask every guest this question because it's uh, something that I think, whether we realize it or not, we're building a legacy, whether it's with the individual player, our family, or, or, or whoever. Uh, but I think it, it bears to, to question ourselves and reflect on a legacy that we're laying out, the foundation right now, every day when, when we're doing something, intentionally doing things. So what would you want your legacy to be when it's all said and done? Um. I would want people to say that I cared, uh, that I was kind, and that I was good at what I did. And uh, trying to think if I'm missing anything obvious. Um, uh, obviously, great husband and father, um, but. I think that fits within the I I'm I care and I'm kind and I'm just trying to be as good as I can at, at what I love to do. Gotcha. And if somebody says that about me, I, that would that would make me shake my head and say, "All right, I'm I'm on the right track at least." <laughs> and also, uh, you were the coolest guy we ever knew. I think that's. <laughs> <what> <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to flatter. No, that, that's never going to be said. Uh, I don't know, man. That was so great. I just, you know, self-awareness, like you said, like you said, man, it's really good. I'm not cool, but I know I'm not cool, and that's what makes, makes me cool. cool. There you go. That should be a shirt as well you should wear. There you go. We'll go into business. Yeah, you there and we I go. Etsy, Shopify, here we come. Uh, there you go. Coach, I really appreciate your time. Uh, I thank you for, for for making the time, honestly. And, this is uh, my pleasure, honestly. I had a lot of fun, and I'm happy to do it anytime. I think we can go into uh, a lot of stuff, and uh, and so anytime you'd love, like me back, I'm we'll be on the phone in the next two days after that. I'll, I'm gonna hold you to that, Coach. So I appreciate it. All right, perfect. And I'm gonna send you a text here after we're done with the name of the person that I think you were talking about okay. earlier. And yeah. I almost guarantee that I'm going to get it right. Yeah, I, I, I get the feeling you are as well. So here again, Coach, I, I thank you so much. All right, perfect. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to the Creative Coaching Podcast. You can find us at iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, and you can even follow us on Twitter at Creative Coach 47 Thank you.